Chicken Creek, how you guys doing this morning? You guys doing well? Welcome, welcome, welcome to uh, what I hope uh, is our last Sunday here at Monarch High School. And uh, yeah, it's a good day. It's a good day. And we're excited about that. And uh, next weekend, uh, just in case you don't know, uh, our, our plan is, and, and be praying for this, we got our, a lot of inspections coming up this week to to make all of this happen, but next weekend we, we begin our, our, our next season as a church in Parkland, Florida, and so, uh, and so in case you haven't heard, we have service times at 9, 10, 15, and 11, 30, and uh, can I, let me just say this on, on the front end, I know a lot of people are going to go, hey, I'm going to come to the 10, 15 service, please don't. I, I'm being serious. You want to know why? Because that is the most likely service that people that are far from God are going to show up to check out God. And so let's make it easy for them to experience, know, and follow Jesus, right? That's what we're about. And so uh, ne next weekend, I know it's going to be an exciting time. It's going to be great. I, I, I'm just kind of doing a little, a little uh letting you know what, what's important to us as a church. And so I, I would also say if you're in a service next weekend and you notice during worship that it is packed out and that people are still coming in, if you're a faithful attender here, I would ask that you would give up your seat for people that need that seat. I, I know we don't have that problem in this room because we can seat about 600 people when we start taking down pipe and drape. If you come to the, the 11 o'clock service, we start opening all that stuff up. But in that room, we don't have that luxury. We have limited seating, and so uh, which means that we, we're, we'll, we'll put them out in the hallway, but I'd rather us that already know Jesus go out in the hallway so they can come in to experience, know, and follow Jesus. And so I'm just going to challenge us who are faithful uh, attenders and contributors and servers here at Coastal to, to embrace some of those values and embrace some inconveniences for us so it can, can be convenient for people. Is that cool with you guys? Is that cool? Come on, let's, yeah, that's a, that's a good thing. And so I, I, I want to kind of prep us a little bit on that. And so I, I would ask again that you'd pray this week as we have all of our inspections to get our TCO to be able to go in there this next weekend. Also, um, you know, we're, we're still uh, believing God for our measurably more, and you still have time to contribute to what God is doing in that facility, and we've been asking you to pray and just be obedient to whatever God says. And so we, we have this match until the next weekend, and so be praying, say, God, how would you want me to be a part of making it hard for people to go to hell by making it easy for them to go to church? And so also that, and then today, everybody say today. Today, at the end of service, Jessica, run up here real quick. Jessica, run up here. Be my model. Be my model. Come on. Come on, girl. Jump up here. Jump up. At the end of church, we have our I Love My Church t-shirts that are available to everybody here. And so make sure you grab one on your way out. Uh, it's just our gift to you as we get ready to go into this facility. And it's going to be a great, great time. And so we've been in this series called This Is Us. And this is our last weekend of this. And, and what we've been talking about over the last couple of weeks are, 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 are really just an opportunity for us to get focused in on what we're all about as a church. And so we started off the first week and we said our, our vision as a church is we want to make it hard for people to go to hell 
by making it easy for them to go to church so they can experience, so they can know, and so they can follow Jesus. We're about making it easy for people to experience, know, and follow Jesus. And, and so as a church, we aren't called to be a, a, a country club for saints. We're called to be a hospital for sinners. And we're called to be a place where people that are broken and hopeless and looking and longing can come to and experience all that God has for their life and see that God has got something more and that he can make a difference inside of them. And so how we do that is we create some environments and, and our strategy in creating that environment is creating a place where everyone's welcome because nobody's perfect and anything's possible. Where we say like, hey, listen, everybody is welcome here because Jesus invites all of us to follow him. He doesn't have any qualifications for you to follow him other than you say, yes, God, I want to follow you. He doesn't make you get your life right and then you can follow. He says, hey, come follow me and your life will start to get right. That's the amazing thing about our God. And we're passionate about making sure that everyone hears about God. I was with some pastors this week and, and we are doing this photo shoot for a, a, a Christian magazine for local pastors here in, in Broward County and we we're talking and, and somebody actually said something to David Hughes and I uh, as we were talking about what was important to us and they said, you guys are all about numbers. And I said, you're darn straight I am. Why? Because every number has a name. And every name has a story. And every single story matters to God. And God's ideal situation is that Jesus would reach every single one of them for Christ. And so, man, every number is important. And so I'm going to count numbers. I'm going to celebrate numbers. I'm going to celebrate all those things because people matter to God. And so that's important to us. And so, and so how that li lives out for us is what I want to talk about today. So we have our vision, we have our strategy, and here is the heart behind everything that we do. It's one of the, the statements that I sign every single email with. It's, it's this, it's we're about loving God, we're about loving people, we're about showing it. That is the focus, that is the, 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 the most critical thing about our church. In fact, it, it, it's a question that I ask myself all the time, uh, and, and if you've been, if you're, our staff have heard this a lot, it's a question that I, that I ask them. It's, it's, it's always a question of how is your heart? Like what's going on on the inside? Because what's going on on the inside is going to translate to the outside. And if you're like me, I lose track of my heart really quickly because we live in a society that is super busy today. Anybody busy right now? Anybody feel like life is out of control? Like I, my life feels like out of control. I'm running from one place to another place and, and, and I'm over here and I'm over there and my mind's back there and my wife's over there and it's like, it's just crazy. And it's easy in those moments when life is chaotic and things seem like they're out of control to be unintentional with your life to be unintentional with your heart because you're so preoccupied with things that are going on. You're not thinking about what's, with everything outside, you're not thinking about what's going on inside. And so I think that as we're in this season where there's a lot of change and there's a lot of transition, I think it's important to, for all of us to be intentional in life. And that's why it's so critical and so important to focus on what's most important, which is 
our heart just individually, but also as a church. And, and what if in this season, right here, right now, we refocused on what God actually says is most important, and we refocus our lives, and it would, and if we were to do that, I believe that it would set us up to have really, really meaningful lives that would not have tons of regret at the end of them. And so I, what I want to do is I believe that this is a gift and an opportunity for us to refocus in this season and focus on what's most important to us. And so we're going to be looking at a scripture out of Mark chapter 12, verse 28. If you want to turn to your Bibles with me, if you don't have a Bible, you can look on the worship or on the screen or you can look in your worship God. Everything will be there. And what's happening is, is Jesus has just made his triumphant entry into Jerusalem. Uh, he is teaching in the synagogues, and uh, the religious leaders of the day are frustrated with him. They're trying, to, they're trying to figure out, like, what is with this guy? He's being celebrated. He's got some great teaching. But, but they're also trying to, 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 to kind of catch him. And so a religious leader poses a question to Jesus. And it's an interesting question in Mark chapter 12, verse 28. It says, one of the teachers of the religious law was standing there listening to the debate. He realized that Jesus had answered well, so he asked, of all the commandments, which is most important? And this guy asks a question that is focusing on priority, and it's about focus. What is the most important commandment? What is the main thing we should give ourselves to? What is, what is this thing that you would go, hey, hey, what is critical to your life? And I think that this is a great question for us to ask ourselves. Hey, what is most important in your life? Think about that for a second. What is most important in your life? Here's why. Because what is most important will shape the, every decision that you make. Every decision that you make today is based on what you value in life. Uh, it's shaped on what is important to you. And, and so, so maybe I, this is what happened to us yesterday. We, we, we went to the store, Shayla and I. We'd gone and we'd taken Alexander to the park for the very first time to swing on a swing, which, by the way, my, my son is a daredevil. That's what I learned. He's seven months old, and he wants to flip backwards in the swing already, and he thinks that that's, like, the funnest thing. I'm like, he is definitely my kid. And, uh, and like, God knew that he, like, he's got a crazy daddy. He'll fit right in right now. And so, so we were there, and we were on the way home, and we are like, man, we're out of water. And so we stopped at the store to grab some baby water and some water for us to drink. And I don't know if you've ever gone to the store and picked out water, but I went down the water aisle and there are like 45 different kinds of water out there. And so, so based on, on, on what you, is important to you is based on what kind of water you buy. If you're cheap, and you're on a budget, you're probably going to end up buying some public spring water. You know what I'm saying? It's like 59 cents or something for this. It's like, by the way, does anybody else, can you taste a difference in water? Is water just taste like water? Or is like, no, this tastes like chlorine and this is great, you know? Uh, you know, if, if you're like a tree hugger, uh, it's this life water. It would be like the kind of water you would buy because that's your, I want to save the environment. And somehow this water, it saves the environment even though it's in a plastic 
thing. Maybe you want, maybe you want a little pizzazz in your life, and so, and so you go out and you get some mineral, natural mineral water, and so you want to be a little spiffy. It comes in a glass bottle. Uh, maybe, maybe you're, you're exotic, and so you need some, some Fiji water, you know? You you want to look you want to look like that maybe you're you you want to be like Jennifer Aniston and be smart and so you buy some smart water or or you're you're like me and you just like the natural from the 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 Swiss Alps or the French Alps uh, Avion water you know but based on uh, based on what you focus on is what kind of water you're going to purchase if you're on a budget you're not buying Evian. If you're a baller, you're buying this, right? It's like this is more expensive than a gallon of gas. <laughs> it's, like, it's like how is one liter more expensive than a gallon of gas? And the gallon of gas will fuel a car. This will ruin my engine. I don't know. But our focus shapes our behavior, and our behavior shapes our life, doesn't it? And so for many of us, what will happen is we'll fly through the next couple of days, the next couple of weeks, the next couple of months, maybe even the next couple of years without focus, without priority, and we'll wonder, how did I get to where I am? And so the question is, is, is what is shaping your focus? Because what is shaping your focus is shaping your life. Is it culture that's shaping your focus? Is it, is it your priorities that are shaping your focus? Is it the busyness of the day that is shaping your focus? And that is why this question that this religious leader asked is so critical. He's going, what is most important? What is the thing that we should focus our lives on in the busyness of the day today that we go through? And for the most of us, let's be honest, we have two categories based on how we live. We live based on what's most important or we live based on what's most urgent. And let's be honest, for most of us, our decisions are not based on what's most important. Our decisions get based on what's most urgent. Oh, I've got to get this done. I've got to be here. I've got to pay that. I've got... And, and, and those are all things that need to be done, but are they the most important things? And I know in my own life, I have a tendency to be very, very task-oriented. I am all about let's make a list and check them off because I feel good at the end of the day and I always start with things that, that I can get done right away so I feel like, man, I'm accomplishing a lot because those are urgent things that need to get done. But it's really easy to lose focus of, of, of putting all my tasks on what's most urgent instead of what's most important. In fact, this week as we are running around trying to get things done with at the Parkland facility, and we had this big outreach event going on in Parkland on Friday night, and, and so I showed up there uh, for this, this trunk or treat event, and we had rented all these costumes and all these different things, and, and, and so I'm, I'm still in like task mode, like let's get this, 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 and all of a sudden uh, there, there was nobody that could man the Chewy costume because the guy that was supposed to man the Chewy costume had gotten in a car accident along the way uh, to the, the event, and so I was like, man, I'll go get in the Chewy costume, and so I was in this Chewbacca costume out at Parkland going, you know, as kids walked up and scaring them to death, babies were crying, it was great. Uh, 
because it was what seemed like it was most urgent at the moment. When all of a sudden I'm standing there in the middle of this Chewbacca costume and all these kids are coming up and I had this moment where I was like, all the tasks that are going through my mind right now are not what's most important. People are what's most important. And I'm going to let these tasks kind of fall to the wayside right now. Man, I'm just going to focus on people and I'm I'm going to give little kids hugs and I'm I'm a high five adults and 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 I'm going to scare people that work at the city cuz they don't know that it's me in here and I'm going to hug them. It's going to be great. And it kind of just reoriented myself a little bit in that moment. I think we have to have moments where we reorient orient ourselves where we're not going after what's most urgent but we're focusing in on what's most important. And Jesus didn't want to leave us guessing at what is most important. And so he answers this question in Mark 29. He says, the most important commandment is this. Listen, O Israel, the Lord our God is one and only Lord. You must love the Lord your God with all of your heart, all of your soul, all of your mind, and all of your strength. And if you're taking notes today, what Jesus says is most important, number one, is that we love God. We love God. Now, what's interesting is he is quoting a passage, actually, from Deuteronomy chapter 6. It's called the Shema. It's a, it's, it is actually one of the most quoted Jewish prayers that, that a Jewish person would have known. And so when Jesus goes, hey, love the Lord your God with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength, like he is the one and only, what he's telling them is something that, that they know. In fact, they would have prayed this prayer twice a day. In fact, they would have had like a little trinket that they would have attached to their, to their head garment or to their, to their robe that would have reminded them that love the Lord your God with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And so when Jesus says this to them, they're not like, wow, Jesus, you're blowing our mind. Like they weren't amazed by this teaching and and I think that's what happens to us a lot of times too is is that sounds really good like hey I know that I'm supposed to love God but how do I actually love God because it goes back to whatever gets our focus gets our attention and a lot of us we go man I love God but do you love God as priority number one because He's saying, listen, priority number one is loving God. And what happens is a lot of times we put other things in that priority spot. We go, you know what? I love my family. My family comes first. And that is not a bad thing. Your family is a good or great thing. The only problem is, is it does become a bad thing when it takes the number one spot from Jesus. You can go, man, uh, you know what, I'm, I'm focused on my career right now in that season. There's nothing wrong with focusing on your career. It only becomes bad when, it's not the, when it takes the place of God's number one spot. You can go, man, I'm, 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 I'm focusing in on my children right now. I've got a limited time. Man, it's important to focus on your children and raise them in a correct way, but not to the point where it takes the number one spot from God. What Jesus is saying is, listen, anything that takes the number one spot is your ultimate, and God was designed to be the ultimate in your life, and anytime you put something else in that spot, it becomes an idol. So 
So if we're not loving God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength, that means we're loving something else that way. And so it's important for us to make sure that that priority and that focus is on God. So how, how like, what are some, some practical things of how we do that? I think when we obey what God commands us to do. We're loving God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. When we trust Jesus for forgiveness and grace and mercy in our life, we're loving God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. When we gather together as a community and worship and glorify God, we're loving God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. When we open up our Bibles and read it to understand God's ways and God's will more, we're loving God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. When we pray together and we pray for our friends, we're loving God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. When we resist temptation and the pull of sin, we're loving God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. When we give sacrifice, Officially to God and to making his vision move forward in the world. We're loving God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. And so when we do all those things, what we're doing is we're putting our priority and our focus on God and saying, God, hey, listen, you're the ultimate in my life. It's a critical thing to do. But then Jesus kind of flips the script on, on these religious leaders, and he, he continues on. He doesn't just stop right there with love God with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength. He goes on to say in verse 31, the second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. And that's a quote from Leviticus 19.18. He says, no other commandment is greater than these. So he says, love God. And right after that, he says, number two, you got to love people. It's not just about Loving God, it's about loving people. And if you think about this, this is pretty radical. Jesus takes the most famous statement that a Jewish person would know, and he goes, hey, listen, I know that this is really critical to you, but I'm going to add an addendum to that and put some more on it. Like, it's not just all about loving God with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength. That's important, but going right next to that with just as much importance is you've got to love your neighbor as yourself. Everything hinges on these two things, loving God and loving people. Now, this is interesting because in this day, the reason they're posing this question to Jesus is because they had the Big Ten Commandments that everybody knows. Everybody's heard of the Big Ten Commandments. But in order not to break those commandments, in order to kind of show their love to God, what they'd done is they had added 613 other commandments to keep them from breaking the Big Ten. And so Jesus is going, hey, I want to take all those things that you've put together, and I'm going to boil them down to two things, love God and love others. Now, this is important, I think, for us because it's really, really easy in a church environment to go, man, I love God and I love others. But typically, the others that we love are the others that are like us. It's really easy to look around and go, man, I love these people. Why? Because these are your people. Right? You look down your road and you see your family. You're like, I love God and I love people. These are my people. They're frustrating, but they're my people, you know. See, it's important for us to realize the reason we love people is because, and it's not just the people in here, our community in here exists for the world out there. 
See, what God is doing to build community, to build this love for people in here, isn't just so that we can come in here and have a, a great friendships and love fest. It's so that this community can move outside of the four walls to impact the community all around us. And, 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 and what God is doing is he's saying, hey, I don't want you just to have an incredible community here, which we do. We have a great community here, but our community in here exists for the world out there. We exist to shine and shine brightly for the world that is outside of these walls. There are too many people that are walking around in the chains of poverty, in the chains of brokenness, in the chains of depression, in the chains of addiction out there that need the hope that we found. They need the breakthrough that we've experienced. They need the hope that we have. They need the life that we're experiencing today. And listen, there is only one thing that is not temporary in this world, and that is people. Listen, all that stuff you're acquiring, temporary. All those things that you're achieving, temporary. All that you're saving, temporary. What's eternal? People. That's what Jesus said, listen, it's about loving God, but what I came to do is I came to seek and save those that were lost. And so what's most important in life isn't your bank account at the end of your life. What's most important in your life isn't, isn't what you've accomplished in your career. What's most important in life is the legacy you've left in impacting people. Listen, if you want to build your life on things that are temporary, go for it. Lots of people do. But as for me, and I believe this house, this church, our focus is always going to be, man, on loving God with all of our heart, soul, and mind, and strength. And loving people. Because those are eternal things. That's why Jesus' last commandment was, go. Go. I love what Rick Warren says. He says, life minus love equals zero. And the best use of life is love. And the best expression of love is time. And the best time to love is now. There's not a better time to love God and love people than right now. Practically, how do you do that? Here's some easy ways. Serve. Serve people. Get involved. Listen, you can warm a seat for the rest of your life, or you can create a space for people to take seats. And some of us, we, we've warmed a pew long enough. we got enough information. Now it's time for some transformation to take place. And so I'd encourage you, get involved. Fill out that info card and say, hey, it's time. I'm, I'm tired of consuming. I'm ready to contribute to the mission that God has put me on. And this is what I know about every single one of us. God has called every single one of us to serve people. Uh, another one is, is, is invest in people and invite them. You have invite cards in your worship God. Like this isn't just so we can print more material. This is so you can build relationships with people. And you don't have to know everything. But what you can do is you can invite them to church. And I promise that when you invite them to church and they come and experience, know, and start to follow Jesus, it'll be the most incredible day of your life. There'll be no other day that's like it. I think one of the greatest things you can do to love people is to listen to people. 
One of the things that I love to do is wherever I go, I always ask people, how are you doing? And everybody gives me the same answer, fine. And I'm always like, well, why are you just fine? And they don't realize that they just gave me the, the generic answer. Now they have to explain themselves. Because most people don't listen, right? They just, oh, that's good, and they just move on. What would happen if there was a group and a community of people that actually cared about the responses that people gave? And said, you know what? Man, Leo, your life is just fine. Man, what's going on? Is there anything I can do to, to help you? Like, do you and, just, and just listen. Most people honestly don't need help. They just need an ear. And if we would be an ear for people, we'd have an opportunity with people. And so I want to encourage us, let's not just love God and love people. Let's go back to the story because what Jesus, they're trying to figure this out because they're, Jesus has just taken down these 613 commands and he's just going, hey, listen, everything hinges on these two, love God and love people. This guy is confused. And, and so the teacher of the religious law in verse 32 said, well said, teacher, you have spoken the truth by saying that there is only one God and no other. I know it is important to love him with all of my heart, with all of my understanding, with all of my strength, and to love my neighbor as myself. This is more important than to offer all the burnt offerings and sacrifices required in law. So he acknowledges, he goes, Jesus, listen, you, you, what you just said, that's good. That's good stuff right there. And, uh, and it's like the light's kind of turning on in his brain. Some, some wheels are starting to crank right there. And so Jesus is about to take it to a whole nother level right here. And so he looks at the man, realizing how much the man understood in verse 34. Jesus said to him, you are not far from the kingdom of God. After that, no one dared to ask him any more questions. So Jesus goes, hey, listen, you've got the information. Like, you know it up here. You know to love God and you know to love people. But here's the thing you need to move to, which is number three. You got to show it. You got to show it. He basically goes, listen, you aren't in yet. You're not quite there. You're close. You've got the knowledge. You've got the information. But information without an application never causes transformation. And he said, man, we've got the information. A lot of us know I should love God and I should love people. That should be my priority. That should be my focus. But that has never translated to action in our lives. It's never translated in our everyday lives. And so what's happening is, is we're going down the water aisle and we're going, well, which water do I want today? Because we haven't figured out which one is most important yet. I like to equate it like this. Uh, we live in South Florida and uh, on most days in South Florida, except for today, people go to the beach. Nobody's going to the beach today. It's too cold, right? It's 70 degrees. It's, it's winter outside. I got my leather jacket on. I've got, like, women were wearing boots and, and parkas today. I mean, it's crazy out there. Flurries are about to come down, right? It's, it's. <laughs> but when I go to the beach, I, I, I'm one of those people that, that I like to go and I like to put my feet in the sand. And I'll sit in the sand. In fact, at Deerfield Beach, honestly, I, I don't even like going to the sand. I like that grassy area near the, near the walk where you don't have to get sandy and get all that junk because sand is like it's like glitter it's like it never goes away you know what i'm saying it's like it's like once you get it on you you're just stuck for the next six months with sand um and so i don't i don't i don't i don't fully experience the beach i know all about the beach i can tell you that there's waves and and what coast this is and that's the atlantic ocean and 
and people surf out there and there's probably some wildlife I've never seen it because I've never been inside of it but like there's stuff going on out there some dead fish right now because of red tide you know we got all kinds of interesting things going on but there's another set of people that are like my wife that when they go to the beach they feel like they need to walk out there and cut their foot on something to have the full experience right What Jesus is basically saying to this man is he's saying, listen, you're like TJ at the beach. You know everything about it, but you haven't dove in. You haven't dove in to really live it out. You know all about it. You can tell me about the experience of it, what it would feel like or seem like or some of us, we kind of have this second-hand faith rather than first-hand faith. And Jesus is challenging us to get to this place where we prioritize loving God and loving people and not just having it be lip service, but having it be life service. And here's my hope, church. I hope that our church is not known for having cool architecture in Parkland or loud music or crazy lights or a really good looking pastor, but I hope that our church, it's talking about Josh there, there's no need to, to laugh at him. That's messed up. Sorry about that, Josh, wherever you are. We might not be a church that gets it right all the time, or has it all together, but if we are a church that's all about loving God, loving people, and showing it, then God is going to look down and he's going to go, man, man, you know what? That's a group of people that can not only change their world, but they can change the world. And I think that this is a great opportunity for us to take a moment and reorient ourselves and make sure that we are living for what matters most. That God is our priority. And right after God, our priority is people. And not the people that are like us, but the people that have yet to be found by us. So that those people can experience, know, and follow Jesus. And if we'll go out there and we'll show it, church, I promise we will see our community transformed for Jesus. Maybe there's some of you out there today that you're standing on the shore of faith. You've been watching for a long time and maybe today is the day that you need to recalibrate a little bit. Maybe today is the day that you need to jump in and go, you know what, God, I am going to give you all of my heart, soul, mind, and strength. Maybe that's a decision that you've never made. Today is a great day to make that decision. Today is a great day to orient yourself to putting God in his rightful place that there would be nothing besides God that would be your ultimate. With every head bowed and every eye closed, maybe that's you here today. Maybe you need to make a decision to follow Jesus. And what I'm going to ask is I'm going to ask Jessica to lead you in a prayer here.